Hello, my name's Andrew Skipper. I'm head of the Africa practice at Hogan Lovells, and I have wide-ranging Africa experience from business to art and culture. I'm vice chair of the Smithsonian National Museum of African Art and co-chair of the UK government's Africa Investors Group. This is the fifth series of the A Perspective podcast, in which I've been having conversations with some of Africa's top business minds and investors alongside key cultural influencers. People who are deeply committed to building on the continent and spreading the word and the vision of it. They're certainly pulling no punches about the problems, but they're also spotting and delivering on enormous opportunities. So today I'm turning to Giles Pepia, Director of Modern and Contemporary African Art at Bonhams in London. Giles established the South African sale in 2007 and then established London as the centre for the South African art market. And continuing with this work in African art, he presented the first London sale of modern and contemporary African art, Africa Now, in April 2009, which now continues. And he's well known as a trailblazer in promoting modern and contemporary African art as it grows as a player in the global market. Art is a key part of Africa's future and for understanding its past. And as the, as the Africa Union is calling for a new paradigm, art has to play a significant role. Giles is a good friend and has a clear role in this, and I'm delighted to welcome him to our new series. Welcome, Giles, to the A podcast. Thank you, Andrew. I'm delighted to oh, be talking. It's with great. You today. So I just wanted to start back, back in the day, as it were. So why why African art? Why did you choose African art? And yeah. What drew you to modern and contemporary African art and developing it in the way you've done? What does it mean to you personally? So, I mean, why African art? I mean, I, I will say that when, we, when I first started mm. the sales of, of modern contemporary African art back in 2009, it was, and it sounds an awful thing to say, essentially a commercial decision. Um, we had been holding very successful sales of South African art, and they were literally focused only on South Africa. And we thought, well, they were going at the time, extremely well, we should maybe expand it uh, further north into the rest of sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. And no one had done it. We we saw, we thought was a, a commercial void. And so we, we thought, well, you know, let, let's give it a go and see, see, see how it happens, see how it works out. I will say that the first two sales were some of the most challenging I'd ever done in my life. Um, it was... It was difficult because no one had ever done it before. There had been no sales of modern and contemporary African art. And also, one forgets times are very different. And I know we're going to touch on this later, mm. perhaps, but it was a very different time. Uh, it wasn't as easy to get the information out. But I can say that following that, the past, um, well, almost sort of 13 or 14 years have been some of the most satisfactory for my career and satisfying artistically. I mean, there's no doubt that the, the artwork and the artists that are in Africa and come out of Africa are some of the most interesting I've ever seen. And in some ways that really explains why now it's, it's such a, a hotbed of both commercial success and I would say artistic success. That's interesting. So what, what are the main changes you've seen? You picked up a bit on that just now, but what are the main changes you've seen in the business since you started? Mm. Well, I think, you know, the, 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 the main change has to be the development of, of what we're doing now, mm. the internet. Um, you know, 2009, one forgets. Yes. It was very different. Um, there, was no on, there was no online bidding. Um, it just didn't exist. 
uh, I mean, that's fine. We, we, people who are bidding from the continent or outside of London were bidding by telephone, which is, is, is an acceptable way of doing mm. it. It's not quite as efficient as online bidding. Um, catalogs were all sent by post. Again, there wasn't the online engagement that there is now. Getting information out there was very different, difficult. Also, we had no one, it sounds a peculiar thing to say, we had no one to send the catalog to. Um, in 2009, for the first sale, we hadn't had a sale of contemporary African art before. And one takes it for granted that when you're selling, I don't know, Victorian paintings or Georgian furniture, you have a list of so two and a half thousand active collectors or interested parties, we had to start with nothing um, because it hadn't been done before. Now, we pulled together lists from different places and interested people and, and obviously did a bit of advertising, which we mm. did in those days, to gain people to come in. But the first two sales were very tough. And in fact, I'd said to myself, I'll give it three years and see how it goes. And the first year and a half, mm. you know, one probably would have packed it in. But I said no, I was going to give it three years. I mean, luckily, in about year two, two and a half, it started to pick up. And we thought, well, actually, you know what? We, we've got something here. It's worth con continuing. I'll also say that when we started, for various reasons, we focused just on Nigeria. Yeah. And also, we probably had a bit too much focus on like the Ashogbo School and places like that. And you learn. And you have to learn and adapt. And we realized after a year or two what was selling and what was selling well and i hate to say what was mm. not and so commercially you have to concentrate on the things you can sell well yeah i mean so i've been as you know i i collect a little bit but can you describe can you really describe mm. african art as a is, is it a distinct genre it's got 54 55 countries it's just got wildly uh, the wild know. variety and exciting variety so how so how, how do you characterize it? You, mm. as it were, create the market. So, so how would you describe that? So, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. It is difficult to have a category or a genre that is African, modern contemporary African art. When we put the catalog together, when we print the catalog or have the sale online or whatever it is where you access the website, it is a way that we enable collectors to know which catalog to pull off a shelf. Mm. It is where there has to be a description where people can come to to see these works. But no, I mean, they are all very different to all the countries, all 54. Um, and each one has a, a different, uh, obviously, genesis of their, of their art. And each one is, is very different. I mean, South African art is very distinctive, as is Nigerian, as is work from the DRC. And I would also say, for example, from Kenya. So, no, you're right. They are all very different, but ultimately we have to put them in a vessel to sell them. And so collectors know where to come to, to buy these, these mm. wonderful things. But people say, get very excited about African art, which is great from my point of view, but um, how is it? Mm. It's, and, and there's an element of the commercial in boxing it up in the way you've just described. How is it seen in the global in the global mm. art market, is it um, is it good or bad to have as label by reference to the continent, or is it much better to be in in a sort of grand contemporary art global arts art sale? If you see what I mean, I 
I don't get too worked up about it. I really don't. Mm. Um, uh, some people do. Some people do um, get quite excited about the label. As I said, for us, it's just a way of showing the yes. collectors which catalogue, as I said, to order or pull off the shelf. Um, mm. I think that it, we have to – there are a lot of people – trying to access this market. And this is one of the big problems we have is getting the information mm. out there to collectors. And the easier we can make it, the better. So if you say you are holding a sale of modern and contemporary African art, people will immediately, collectors who are new to the market, who want to enter, want to enter into the market, will immediately know where to come to buy those artists. Um, it's not as easy to flag them up within a mainstream sale of of contemporary art. So it just allows us to have a greater focus on those artists. And I will say for the press and on for marketing reasons, also it is a lot easier. Um, it allows the, the press to know where to come to see these things and write about these things. And that's a very important part of, you know, of what we do. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, so you're not, I mean, put it its bluntest as it were the you don't uh, you don't move out of africa you don't move out of african art into a higher level in terms of value suddenly no okay no it's, there's no promotion yes. it's not like sort of championship to the premier league no, or something no, no, like that uh, so what about the last no, yeah, so, so giles what yeah, about the yeah, last 18 months um did yeah. covid have a significant impact on the market i mean okay. people tell me it's been incredibly active what how about you <laughs> So you're absolutely right. I mean, the past 18 months, Andrew, has been the most extraordinary of my my career. Um, yes, as we all know, you know, March last year, we all thought we were all doomed. Uh, but things turned around pretty quickly. And within six weeks, we were holding um, sales and we had an online sale of modern contemporary African art. And it did amazingly well and i will say we haven't looked back since the the, the the market strength is extraordinary um i think a lot of that is bizarrely as a result of covid um i will also say that we've all had to adapt the way we do things and this podcast is a very good example of yes this. um you know online engagement is everything nowadays uh and online bidding is really the way ahead it has forced us to move ahead you know five years in in a year in um 18 months and you know whereas previously maybe 20 25 percent of the bidding activity was online it's now probably 75 yeah. percent yeah, yeah um and it's great i mean i i miss some of the the interaction you have with collectors um, when you're doing it in the old-fashioned way, be it by the, telephone the or theater, in person. The theatre. Because people can register for a sale. <laughs> exactly. The theatre, a lot of that's gone. You're taking, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever go back to auctions mm. where you've got 100 people in the room. I mean, I hope so, but it'll be very interesting to see. And obviously, under the COVID regulations, that wouldn't be possible anyway. But certainly, you know, I, before lockdown and before covid i would have said there is no way that someone will spend half a million pounds mm. online bidding on a painting they've never seen yes. i'll be frank and say it's pretty commonplace it's, now. Uh, 
I mean, do you and interestingly? Do you, do you? Sorry, just uh, thinking about it. Do you find that um, people get more competitive yeah. online than they do than they do in person, even, or is it about the same? Well, I don't know. I think it's about the same. It's the trouble is it's very difficult to actually discern yeah. the answer to that because you can't see mm. them. Now, you, you know, the only thing you have. I mean, I'm an auctioneer and I conduct um, our sales of modern contemporary art, and I also conduct a few other sales in a few other categories. And with an online bidder, it is very difficult to get any non-verbal or visual mm. clues. Of course, you don't get any. Whereas when you've got a bid in the room, you can tell when they're mm. getting near the end. Um, or you can tell when they've got that slightly disinterested look and they will keep on bidding whatever. And you get no cues of that type at all. Um, so you cannot tell really whether they would have gone on for another, you know, 20 bids or whether they were at their last. But I do say the prices don't seem to be affected or very much the reverse. And I think it's more not result of online bidding. I think there's an algorithm in the prices are there's an algorithm high. in there somewhere i think but um, for, for working out what yeah. people are thinking online but uh, what about and so just i know yeah, wonderful yeah. i mean our last auction yeah. no i was just saying our last auction which is in march you know we set eight new world records wow and and and, and it was extraordinarily strong and that was purely online we had no one in the room i was up there as an auctioneer and all i had in front of me was six screens and a couple of clocks. And it was, as an auctioneer, it's a very new way of doing it. You have to be an even better actor than you were previously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you had a mirror in front of you. But uh, what about I mean, the art itself? Um, <laughs> no, luckily not. Going, going, going yeah. really, I mean, we'll come back to the market, but looking at the art, because you couldn't do this if you didn't love the art. I think. Yeah, of course. And... Um, what do you, no. do you see increasingly with 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 things going around in the world at the moment and African issues, including the Africa for Africa mm -hmm. environment, the environmental side of things, and also restitution of, of African art, which doesn't really impact on on what you do, I guess. How do mm. you see art making a a wider contribution um, to these to these societal debates from from your position? Because you see a lot of what's going on. I yeah, I mean, I think it can in all sorts mm. of ways and you and i in the past have dis discussed and touched upon the soft mm. power yes. of art and how art can be used to um further all sorts of uh, initiatives and actually just get people together yeah. in a room so you know in the past and again this is pre-covid we used to have receptions and dinners and all sorts of things like that. And we would actually get some really interesting people in the room who would come together to talk, look, discuss art. Had we said it was a, um, a seminar on, I don't know, taxation, pensions or something like that, <laughs> we probably wouldn't get anyone in the room. So art has a great convening power. Um, and certainly we're very aware of that. I'll also say, I mean, you mentioned climate change. I mean, that's something obviously that is on mm. the, on everyone's lips at the moment. Um, and I think there is no doubt that its impact on Africa is going to be very strongly felt. Now, in fact, what's interesting is in, um, in October, we've got a, a sale of, uh, I, you probably remember the floods yes. in Germany, the awful floods in northern Germany recently. But there was an artist, uh, there was well, a gallery there called Artco. I don't know if you know Joachim Melkus, who runs Artco. But his 
whole art store was completely sort of mm. destroyed by a river that ran through his warehouse. And the works that were destroyed or damaged were by a chap called Gideon Mendel, who was documenting <laughs> floods around the world. And so you have these very poignant images of people in Africa, Bolivia, all throughout the third world, standing almost up to their waists and neck in floods. And yet these works were damaged by floods itself. So I think climate change is a huge part of what African artists can bring to everyone's attention. And that's what it's all about, is bringing the subjects uh, and, the, and the important topics to the attention of the world and making sure enough focus is, is yeah, placed that, on them. I mean, that leads me on very to how i mean your you know a, a london auction house is is at the is at the top of the pyramid in terms of of mm. getting those getting the message out about artists and about their work i mean how mm. i mean but you can't do it on your own so how important are partnerships with the artists collectors galleries curators and no. other stakeholders within and and where have you seen this i mean you've started as it were from scratch as you said so how how have you made this so successful well, I, th I think you're right. Partnerships is important. I think actually also I'm a great believer in, mm. in getting out there and seeing people. And I think you, you, if you can actually meet people and talk to people, get out there and shake the trees, mm. then fruit will fall. And, you know, sadly, there hasn't been much of that for the past 18 months. But certainly it was a huge part of what I did for the first sort of 15 years of establishing the auctions. You know, we established offices in uh, Cape Town and uh, Johannesburg and one in Lagos. And they have been crucial to cementing uh, relationships in South Africa, but also, and actually probably more, more importantly, probably mm. in Nigeria. The, a lot of the big collectors in West Africa won't take you necessarily as seriously if you don't have an office, if you don't have someone on the ground. So that has been terribly important. Uh, I'll also say that the the partnerships and the connections one has with museums is very important. I mean, uh, you all yeah. know well that the Smithsonian, um, Andrew, you are very much involved with them. And certainly we've had some wonderful mm. partnerships with them. And they're a highly influential organization in um, Washington. So it's really important to, to, to forge these relationships. And actually one learns from both sides. I learn an awful lot from actually the, the, the Smithsonian and those type of places about the, perhaps the more institutional mm -hmm. uh, side of the market. And I think they learn from, from us about yeah. what it's like at the coalface in yeah. the very commercial. And where do you market. see the, uh, what are you seeing with, with the, the heat in the market at the moment? What do you see the opportunities for, for growth at the moment on the mm. continent? Where, at the, on the continent? And where, where do you see any particular areas where, where this is going to be great? Yeah. So I think, I think, so the market, I mean, we touched upon this, the market is very strong. And that's really, I think, because of two things. One is, there's no doubt, and again, we were discussing this earlier, a lot of people have been sitting at home, they've been online, and exploring and buying. And, you know, a lot of people haven't spent as much money, perhaps, as they would have done if they weren't in lockdown. And a lot of that has filtered into the art market. I'll also say that the the money that's been pushed into the economy is the fiscal stimulation has, well, in my view, benefited, and this is perhaps a less attractive side of COVID, benefited the mm. more wealthy, and they tend to be our clients. So they have cash 
at their disposal. And at the moment, holding on to cash is not a very attractive thing because you get paid peanuts. So why not put that money into a piece of art that you can have on your work and enjoy? So we've seen market conditions like I've never known. Um, and as I said, the, the prices are very high and the engagement is very high. But I, I would also say that it, it's changed. The market's changed hugely. And I think for us here in uh, London, one of the biggest changes has been Brexit. Um, so, and actually, that's why in November we're having a, a sale in Paris. Um, so the first sale in Paris is going to happen in November, I think the 17th. And we're seeing an awful lot of collectors because of Brexit. Yeah, sorry, I know, I know from personal experience. Extra, um, quite challenging to get your stuff over to Europe yeah, at the moment. <laughs> people prefer Exactly. And I think people are very keen to avoid that extra cost. That's, and, that's a very interesting, uh, interesting issues that go with shipping. So, I mean, do you see, I mean, that's clearly what, yeah. Sorry. But I would also yeah. say, sorry, I'd also say that the other reason we're, we're doing it in Paris is that previously we've probably been most strongly engaged with Anglophone Africa, mm. Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya. Now, Francophone Africa is a huge market and very obviously, they tend to migrate to Paris, just as the Anglophone Africans rotate to London and the Lusophone ones to Lisbon. So the the Francophone market is is an important market that we're very keen to try to develop. So that's the other reason why we're going to Paris, is to try to get a greater exposure to, to that market. Yeah, no, because of course 154 was in Paris, wasn't it? This uh, briefly in one of the few one of the few uh, it was, um, it shows was. there affairs Iteration. there was. Iteration. I mean, what do you yes? What do you see as the? I mean, just are there any big barriers? I mean, you talked about Brexit already in the UK context, but are there any barriers to growth and whether sort of economic mm. or cultural barriers to to growth of the market globally? I think globally, I mean, Brexit you mentioned, but that's a more local mm. one that affects the UK. I would say globally, one of the, the biggest challenges is still getting the knowledge, getting the information out there and telling people about the market. Um, it sounds extraordinary that, you know, here we are in 2021, you know, we all have access, not all of us, but a lot of us have access to, to broadband and high quality Wi-Fi. And yet... It's still, there are people out there who will contact me and say, oh, I've just heard you're doing these sales in contemporary African art. And you think, my gosh, we've been doing this for but It's not know, just, it's not just, it's not just auction houses who have that problem. <laughs> it's funny how people don't know. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know. So, and, and these are people mm. and these are collectors who are, you know, collectors who are very active in other fields. I will also say they, they are museums. Um, one of the biggest growth areas is the are the museums, and certainly in the US, where I think they have perceived they have a, a, a gap, a, a lacuna in their collection that they need to fill. And they've not been spending time and uh, resources on uh, contemporary art from Africa, and they're very keen to acquire them. So we have museums, and as you know, in the US, there are museums across the yes. country in every almost small city has two or three museums and they're normally quite well resourced and they want to acquire work contemporary work from africa so it's just getting the getting the message out there and it just takes time and you just have to be patient obviously 
you know, you have to spend a lot of time in your marketing mm. department and whatever to make sure that the right mm. is being done in the right way. But ultimately, that's it, I would say, is, is, is getting the message out there. I don't think there's a, a great barrier in regard to any cultural issues. I think people are very keen to embrace contemporary art yeah. in Africa. So final question, really, and this is with your commercial hat on who do you see as and this is probably for my benefit mm. as much as anything else but who do you, who are the who are you seeing as the who are the big artists coming through at the moment and breaking through i mean you 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 had a massive sale with irma stern and well and you, i think you're well known for the sales of ben and one i yeah. know but who's next <laughs> yeah so you're right i mean there have been huge sales for, for those artists and those are the, mm. the existing sort of champions, the masters. And there's always new people coming through. So uh, last year, for example, we had enormous success at auction with Amoka um, Buafo, who's a, a Ghanaian artist, and uh, Otis Quaco, another Ghanaian artist. Now, in a way, what they were painting, what they were depicting is uh, portraitures, figurative work, by well these are by um contemporary african artists so i think that is something that's going to remain strong i think that um the younger contemporary artists certainly from nigeria and ghana will continue to to grow because i think a lot of the galleries mm. in london new york paris in the sort of first world now realize that these are interesting artists and in fact in in march we're having a special section on that but people like there's, like, there's an article nengi amuku for example amuko who is producing really interesting uh figurative work and i think will 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 we'll do very well and one has to just hope that they don't perhaps peak too soon because there's obviously for example amuko barafa is a very good example of an artist that suddenly went from fetching at auction maybe five or ten thousand to well in one case six hundred thousand it's like bitcoin um, pounds. <laughs> i know it was extraordinary <laughs> well it you're absolutely right and i think it it didn't do and then there was a rather uh, some rather negative press about it and sort of people were casting all sorts of expressions so it's not necessarily healthy i mean some people love to see that kind of growth but i'm not sure it's enormously healthy but certainly, I think the the figurative artists from West Africa, from Africa, will still continue to do very well because, and also, there's a huge market for them. People want those kind That's of paintings. Really helpful. So overall, Giles, you're 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 positive. Um, the markets are going to continue in a in a positive yeah. way, and you're seeing good quality, varied works coming onto the market. I think you're right. I am very confident the market is going to continue um, growing. Um, I hope it doesn't grow too too fast because, in a way, that would – and we, we already have a few speculators in the market. We don't really want to attract too many more. What we want are collectors and the committed collectors that will hold things for the long term, for a generation. But I'm very I'm – very, uh, confident in the markets. As I said, we've seen our strongest sales in the past uh, 12 months, and I don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue for a while. I mean, as to the, the quality of work, like everything, it's mixed, isn't it? You wouldn't want to look in my inbox, Andrew, because there are some <laughs> appalling pictures in there that I press <laughs> delete, delete on pretty quick. But within... 
<laughs> within within that, there are always a few gems. <laughs> There's always a few things you can pick yeah. out and think, well, this is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. But that's the same in every yeah. market. Um, oh, well, with that, always you'll, good you'll never that. find one from me because I never sell anything, as as much to my family's disgust. But uh, I keep <laughs> Quite it. Right. But, uh, but with, with that, yeah, Giles, thank you so much for being part of the EA Perspective podcast. It's been tremendously interesting and good fun. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm.